Hello there, it's Jamila Jamil. Are you by any chance listening to this podcast promo while out on a walk? If so, good for you. That's going to make both your mind and your body feel better. On my podcast, I Weigh, this month, we're going to be exploring mental health and talking to amazing guests about other things that you can do to make yourself feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your podcasts. Ask me! lot happening i'm sitting getting my hair colored with a breathe right strip on i don't even know if you can hear the foils in the back of my head i'm getting my hair colored i'm going out of town i'm doing this podcast in my living room there's a baby doing something else over there and i'm drinking two liquids this is peak female level this is peak level female what liquids (laughs) i have a green smoothie and i have an iced coffee Oh. That I made from an old iced coffee from yesterday. What do you mean you made it from an old iced coffee? By made it, I mean I ordered Noah an iced coffee yesterday. He didn't drink it. I squirreled it away in the fridge, saved it, put it in a new glass, refreshed it, and now it's Instagram worthy. Mm. Refreshed it Mm. with like new ice? I didn't even put ice in it. Oh. (laughs) Because the ice had already melted in it. I didn't want to dilute it further. I'm just trying to have a nice morning. Okay. And, uh... And I'm here, and we're doing this pod. And uh, I feel like we've been getting some really good complex questions as of late. We we have been, and today we're going to delve into a couple that are people wanting to give their commentary on questions. So no, we'll that's see. not what this is. We're just doing that's, a couple. This is not. This is not ask anyone anything. This is ask Eliza anything. You're, this is terrible production. People want to participate. We're just gonna, we'll see how it goes. Okay. Okay, this is okay. To continue the conversation. Meetings before the show. <laughs> All right. So this is like Ask Eliza Anything, follow up peanut gallery. But yeah. if you will get canceled because I have a peanut allergy, so I can't be in the gallery. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Hi Eliza. I am a 38-year-old married man from SLO, California. What is that? San Luis Obispo. San Luis Obispo, home of Cal Poly. Beautiful. Played there many times. Always have a nice time there. They got a tasty bakery. They got some cool stores. It's gorgeous up there or down there. I can never remember. I'm a fan of your comedy and I bought tickets to the show last year in April when you came to town but didn't get the VIP tickets to meet you in person because I'm cheap AF. (laughs) I like comedy. At At least you know what you are. Right. I like comedy podcasts. I listen to many of the male comedian podcasts, and some of them even had you as a guest. Your co-host, Emily, is right. You don't talk enough about your podcast. And it's been refreshing listening to your perspectives about life with your personal twist of humor ever since I found it. I'm glad I started listening. Thank you. Tell your friends. (laughs) Tell all your male friends. Tell all your male friends at CrossFit and at the Rogan conventions and at the VFW Hall and at the Bass Fishing Expos. And at wraparound sunglasses stores, tell all your male friends at cookouts, wrap around sunglasses, grill symposiums, <laughs> at anyway. Fast and Furious premieres, tell all your male friends. Anyway, I didn't really think of having anything worth writing about to your podcast until you said something that stuck with me in a previous episode, and I felt the need to respond since I'm just lying here mm. wide awake in bed, not able to sleep. A woman wrote to the podcast about meeting a great guy who she's been excited to date. However, she found out through some social media search he follows bikini model pages on Instagram. Ah, yes, we remember that. And they had just started dating and we were like, well, you don't know. Right. We were okay with it. She began questioning if this was an issue she needed to bring up to the new boyfriend or just run for the hills. In short, I think you suggested talking to the guy— After some time about that, maybe he might unfollow the other accounts she wasn't happy about. Then you made a comment that stuck with me that went along the lines of, good guys don't follow bikini accounts and all the guys you know would never even glance at another Insta model. I might have paraphrased it a bit. Mm. 
First, I don't believe that women should br- the the woman should bring up the fact she found out about the Instagram pages he's following, especially this early in the relationship. I'd only be concerned if the guy was paying good money for OnlyFans accounts or having a problem with porn addiction. Even if she has the talk and he unfollows accounts, the algorithm knows. Also, I do agree when you say women sometimes take a thought and run through every filter and examine every angle when it could just be nothing. I think this would be one of those times. I hope that woman enjoys her newfound relationship and doesn't let little things like that ruin a good thing with her new guy, which brings me to my point. I know this is not something that's being talked about, but the algorithm in social media is really good at putting boobs in guys' faces. I'd be scrolling through Instagram while lying in bed next to my wife at night after putting the twin toddlers in bed and every other video in the app would have a woman with big titties dancing around in the tiniest bikini or scroll to a girl twerking with the tightest leggings I've ever seen. The algorithm knows this guy likes them thick and curvy. It's my fault. I gave the algorithm enough clues since I've had the Instagram account for many years and followed quite a few of these baddie accounts. <laughs> I stopped liking, following, or commenting to any of these posts, but I feel there's a permanent digital fingerprint. So, Eliza, this is why I think this is interesting, by the way, this permanent digital fingerprint. It tends to show up on my feed when I'm showing my wife a funny meme or post an Instagram on my phone. So I scroll through it fast, hoping she didn't notice. I'm such an idiot. I know I am a filthy trash panda. Definitely noticed. Yeah. Definitely noticed. (laughs) I don't think it's a requirement to be a good guy to avoid looking at bikini accounts, showing the gains while she's promoting some non-FDA approved supplements (laughs) or the post with inspirational quotes that have nothing to do with the ass, all the ass sticking out. Back then, men kept the nudie magazine hidden in the toolbox, supposedly away from the kids or the calendars with the semi-nude chicks posing with the catalogs. Kids always found it. Kids right. always found it. It's like At least, the premise of so many movies. Exactly. At least I never use my phone around my daughters. I want them to know their dad is always there, not just scrolling away at my phone. But would that mean I don't respect and adore my wife? I don't think so. My wife is the best thing that's happened to me. Okay. So I think this is interesting first because of all, there is a digital fingerprint, but you yeah, but, started but first the of fingerprint. All, our, well, there's that, and that's okay. Yeah. I mean, nothing, I mean, I guess, whatever. Whatever you want to look at. If it's, I think we're a little numb to the level of sexuality that's out there. And that doesn't have to be a good thing or a bad thing. The advice we had was give it a beat. Mm-hmm. We did give that advice. And as far as your thumbprint and the algorithm, I do believe it is something you can alter. I don't know. I, there's like a couple of subjects that like, my Instagram would show me forever and I would just keep hitting not interested, not interested. Right. I feel like this is more about you not wanting to be vilified for that happening. And that's okay if those things pop up. This isn't about that. This isn't about that algorithm. This is about he is deliberately following those things. And we said, look, look, you're a single dude. You want to look at hot girls. That's totally cool. But she's more worried that like, she doesn't want it to become an addiction. She doesn't want to feel disrespected, which is why I said, give it a beat and wait. Because he could be like, yeah, I don't know. I'm so sorry. I never look at it. It's it's tricky because you don't want to attack him and men are allowed to be men, but you also, she wants to have some self-respect. So my advice stands, but I hear what you're saying. And they do make it difficult. Like, I'm sorry if I clicked on a post of Bella Hadid once three years ago. It's all they show me. And I'm like, I've never given you any indication that I care about this person. Right. I also think it's interesting that the writer in her is basically saying, look, it's only a problem if they're paying for it. I don't know about that. I feel like at least if you're paying for it, you're supporting someone rather than just looking at their pictures for free. I I don't think... Right. So if you jerk off for eight hours a night to free porn, that's not a problem? Well, he said porn addiction is a problem, but yeah. But I'm saying like, what what amount is okay? Right. What amount? And I, and I guess that's different for every person and every relationship. Some yeah. girls might love it. So it's all about what you're okay with and that communication. But it's never about like vilifying a guy for looking at a girl. Women make money. I think that's powerful that women make money off this because of a demand that men have. But... I also personal. I want to flag the idea that like, so you said, I remember you said like, oh, my guy friends don't do that. I think you saying that that's who your friends are. And you talk for an hour a week off the cuff and everything you say isn't the end all be all of how all humans should be. It's how you're living your life and how, who your friends are. Yeah. But yeah, I almost want to say that goes without saying because- (laughs) I hate as a woman having to preface everything with, and by the way, right. this isn't for everyone. And it's like, you're you're dumb. This is not talking to you, uh, SLO. You're dumb if you think when someone gives their opinion that they're 
trying to inflict it on everyone. I mean, unless this is like a televangelist or a conservative congressman. This is just my podcast. These are my thoughts that I do think everyone should agree with, but they don't, that's okay too. Right. Whatever. I just, only women have to qualify everything they say with, and by the way, everyone's amazing. This is just what I do because I'm an idiot. (laughs) I I wrote about this in, in all things aside. Like I hate the endless qualifying of like, and by the way, the color red is great. I just like yellow. Like I don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. It's a way of taking away the power from what you're saying. Right. I'm just going to stand in what I said, which I stand by still. Yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah. We never appreciate- take Never take it back. Straight men writing into the podcast. More and more, we're seeing this. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Go to bolinbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Okay, and we have one other commentary before we get into the questions, because this person's subject line, fans since the beginning, written in many times, parentheses, never read, <laughs> update Whoa. take on person who was ghosted. So I feel remiss, and like we should read whatever, this. That's your department, yeah. I know. You feel real bad. I know. 
Dear Eliza, hello Real to, remiss. <laughs> to your entire pod gang. Eliza, I've been a longtime fan of yours since your earliest days of being comedian. I was even a candidate when you were the host on Excused and became a huge oh fan ever goodness. since. <laughs> we had a guy one time who got so blasted, they had to like tackle him. Oh. And Josh, one of our PAs, had to like put his foot on his neck until the cops came. I hope that wasn't you. <laughs> I assume this, this is a woman. Candidate. Oh, oh, okay. Well, they did both. Okay, cool. Oh, but it was nice to you. Probably was. I probably was. I was always nice to the girls. Go on. Since she's still a fan, I would assume it was a nice interaction. Before I get to my update slash take on a recent question, I must quickly add that I think it is an excellent choice to not have guests on your show other than the occasional mom and dad. You are the only person we want to hear from, along with Emily, of course. Thank you. Pure distilled (laughs) me. It's just endless. Like here's a here's a mediocre improviser you saw once on an episode of Parks and Rec, and now they're here. So I feel funny. No, no. Someone super qualified, great. I think about it all the time, but it's also so hard to book guests. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I appreciate that. I would well, be okay list. with just having you and Emily banter back and forth all episode about your life and take no questions at all just because you are so insightful, smart, interesting, and hilarious to listen to. Thank when you, you. When you, you dilly-dally at the top of each episode, it's my favorite part. Anyways, Ooh. on to the update I was dying to give. There was a question asked on a recent episode, and I felt so compelled to give my take on, I'm really hoping you will share it. It was a July 4th episode called Q Tiny Party Horn. You got a question mm-hmm. from a 27-year-old male who had gone on five great dates with a 28-year-old female to yes. wine bars. They had dinner at her place with deep intimate conversation, and then she ghosted. They were busy professionals. He followed up how her exam went, was wondering why she ghosted, and should he reach out? I can relate to this situation so much and I have to say that women, including myself, now 37, female, do this because unfortunately our experience for the most part has been that men, even the nicest ones, Mm. do not take rejection well. I can also Mm. say, and I am guilty of doing this myself on a few occasions, that sometimes you might not know if you like a guy on the first or second date and it takes a few dates to realize that you don't like them. Maybe on the fifth date, she saw his penis and it was so far leading to the left that she got spooked and could not possibly ever tell him that. Maybe she kept, well, they didn't have sex. Maybe she kept trying to see if he was a good kisser. Did he say that? I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Did he confirm that? Okay. Yeah. Maybe she was trying to see if he was a good kisser, and by the fifth date, realized he was always going to be bad at it, and it was hopeless. Mm. Maybe she just realized she was not attracted to him after all. All of this is making this man spiral out. (laughs) My point is, is my dick bent? (laughs) Am I a sloppy kisser? Any path to being honest to a man normally does not elicit a happy, oh, sure, I totally understand, best of luck to you, too, type of response. The few times I tried to be honest mm. with a guy about why I did not want to see them again, they ended up trying to negotiate with me or got offended Oof. or rude. So I found that ghosting was unfortunately the path of least yeah. resistance. Although it is a cheap and hurtful thing to do, sometimes it ends up being better than the hurtful, though honest truth. Good news is, after years of dating and going through similar situations, I did come up with a fail-proof method that single ladies everywhere can and should use when they encounter the situation. It has worked for me on multiple occasions. Here it is. After a few dates, you realize you don't like the person. First, tell them you're going out of town for a week or two for whatever reason. (laughs) After that— There's an elaborate lie you can cock, but I promise it's the best way out. (laughs) After that, when they get back and they text or call for another date, ghost them for a few more days. And finally, after a few more days have passed, you say this line that has never failed me and will always result in a happy response and a civil parting of ways. Hey, so sorry for the delay. My ex-boyfriend came back, and we are going to try to give it another shot to see if it might work out. This will almost always result in the guy saying something along the lines of, oh, that sucks. If it doesn't work out, let me know. Or, oh, man, that sucks. Good luck. Let me know if it does not work. It has never failed me. In my opinion, a little white lie to spare someone's feelings does not hurt anybody. To the guy who asked the question, I would not follow up or see clarity. Well, he did. She simply does not like you and did not have the guts to tell you. Love you all so much. Thank you for the last. Eliza, I'm coming to see you when I am nine months pregnant. Do 10-4 in Phoenix on 929, my birthday. And of course, thank you, Emily. Sincerely, Andrea. I think what she says is an excellent point, one that I did not make, which, and I guess because I haven't been dating for so long, but she's not wrong. It can be dangerous, downright dangerous, rejecting a man. And she's not wrong about the negotiating. You're like, no, I'm pretty sure you had the best time. Pretty sure you do like me. I've definitely been in situations where like the guy like does not want to break up. So I hear you. And that is not women being cold. That is a learned reaction because of male response. 
And we don't disagree. She just didn't like you and she doesn't have the guts to tell you for whatever reason. It may have nothing to do with you. Like you may have been perfectly pleasant. She just doesn't want to do it. Uh, I I disagree with your method. (laughs) This idea that you need to go out of town, that means you can't post on Instagram. You can't like live your life normally because they'll be like, I saw you eating at the Chili's down the street. But I've talked about this in earlier episodes where if you're just honest, you're like, hey, I've, I started, I picked back up with someone. I just wanted to give you the respect of letting you know. Usually guys will be like, hey, thanks so much, which is so pathetic to be like, if it doesn't work out, let me know. But that just goes to show like how gross dudes are. Like, hey, when you're done effing that dude, slide on over here. Uh, So I don't think you should lie and change your whole life and say you went out of town for a week and then your bank account got hacked and now you're back, but you have a mustache. (laughs) But uh, I don't mind the ex-boyfriend thing. Right. Because men get weird when there's another man around. But uh, you're right. Men can be very weird about rejection. And it's, uh, I think male rejection is a root cause of huge issues in our society. It is such a comment on that, that it's like, they don't respect you making a decision for yourself, but they do respect someone Mm -hmm. else like having a claim to you in some way. That is unfortunately, and that's not every guy. No. A good guy. Like when I met Noah... We first started texting. I was like, I don't, I'm not into this. And he was like, okay, I'll never bother you again. And then I bothered him. So good guys will be like, yeah, not into it. Great. Okay, bye. Yeah. All right. And our question asker, the original question asker who was ghosted by his girl is not one of those guys, but she was probably operating under the safe assumption that most people are, and she was just trying to protect herself. Nothing against him. Or the good news is, let's say, what if you're like paranoid now that you are a bad kisser? That is a perfect pickup line for another girl to be like, hey, this girl said I was a bad kisser. Can you help me figure it out? Uh, Would you like uh, that? You wouldn't be like, ew. I'm terrible in bed. You want to let me know your opinion? I'm taking a poll. All right. Let's get into it. Let's get into it, girlfriend. Highlights, Emily and the gang, longtime listener, second time question asker. This time I'd like to remain anonymous, though, as I've spoken about your podcast a lot and have gotten quite a few of my friends listening, so I won't be. Yes, that's what we're looking for, (laughs) recruitment. My friend, let's call her Sarah. We both moved to Australia right after school to start university. We became best friends as we started living together, started our first year in Melbourne. Emily, I know you'll pronounce this perfectly. You're doing great. It sounds so normal the way you pause and say it slowly. It's just like a local. It's so normal. Say it with trepidation every time. Mm -hmm. Almost seven years later, we are 25 years old and both doing well for ourselves. I am a candidate attorney at an amazing law firm, and she is into her second year residency at a great private hospital. We are both earning great salaries, yet I know she does earn about 10K a year more than me. We have been by each other's side through the past seven years, stopped living together about two years ago, but have always lived in close quarters, seeing each other at least once a week. In March, she had her birthday first, and I couldn't wait to give her a great gift. Since we are grown-ups earning grown-up money, I was more than happy to spend a fair bit on her gift. She found a lovely dress from an Australian boutique that came around $3.50. She said if it was still there at the end of March when she got her paycheck, she'd come back and get it. The next day, I went and got it for her and surprised her a week later, the day of her birthday. She was obviously so happy with the gift. It fit perfectly. And honestly, don't think I could have done much better getting my best friend a gift for this milestone. Yeah, $350 is a lot to spend on a gift, but she's been there for me so much over the years and I wanted to spoil her on such a big birthday. Yep, a couple of months later, my birthday came around. Yesterday, I had a birthday dinner, which was lovely and had my best friends come back to mine for a few more cocktails and open gifts. When it came time to open Sarah's gift, I was pretty excited. I opened the package up and saw it was a cute purse from Zara. I thought to myself, this definitely isn't worth $350, but thought to not be silly by splitting hairs on how much our gifts were worth, although it continued to play in the back of my mind. This morning, when looking at the purse again, I noticed that one of the threads near the zipper was quickly unraveling. I went to the nearest Zara and lined up yeah, for their customer Zara. support. Uh I explained to the lady what had happened and she asked for my friend's emails. The receipt would be in the system under her name. The lady then replied back with, unfortunately, we cannot return sale items. And this item was bought one week ago during our mid-year sales. It also could not be exchanged as there were no more of the same type of person's stock. Then asked the lady how much was spent. She stated it was originally 140 and the sale was 50% off. The lady confirmed that my friend paid $70 in total. My question, 
Am I being petty and ungrateful that I spent almost $300 more for her 25th birthday than she did for mine? What would you do in this situation? Yeah, it sucks that she didn't spend as much, but should I just cool off and not bring it up and know to not spend so much the next year? Yes. No, honestly, I kind of want her to know I'm aware of the major price difference between our two gifts without causing too much conflict. I know it's not a money thing because as I said, we're both earning decent salaries and she always brags about meal prepping, saving up, being strict with her money. I think I'm just so more there you hurt go. because we were both free to do what we want with our spendings, yet she decided my birthday gift was not worth spending her money on. I was more than happy to do it for her. Thanks for reading my question. Okay. Thanks you both for entertaining me every week. Love you both. First of all, you know that she's frugal. You know? And $70 is still a lot to spend on a gift. When you give a gift, and I've... Uh, yeah. When you give a gift, you give it freely. You give that gift because that's what makes you feel good to give her. You thought she would like it. And you are right. You do file it away in the back of your mind. As You said this was a 25th birthday? 25th. They both turned 25. Okay. You file it away in the back of your mind as something that you're not going to do again. I definitely have friends who, even if it's thoughtful, like always give kind of cheap gifts. And that's okay because I know they don't make a ton of money, but like no matter what it is, like it's kind of always the cheap version of something. And you're like, save your money. Don't even give me a fucking gift. Um, you absolutely don't say anything. If you want to say something that will make her feel bad, if she ever asks about the purse, you could be like, it fell apart. You could just say that. I mean, you went to Zara. This is fast fashion at its peak. I'm shocked that something made by Bangladesh children didn't hold up and stand the test of time. Uh, good news is uh, you can return it to the landfill where it can join its brothers and sisters even quicker than you imagined. Um, I, you can't say anything because she really maybe didn't even know it was on sale. Maybe saw the person was like, oh my God, that is her color. This is perfect for her. Oh my God, and it's on sale? How great. You don't know that she went out of her way to find a sale item. So you just, in the future, it's unfortunate because it sort of tempers the joy that you have in giving her a gift. You gave her the gift. Not It's not about reciprocating it, but it would have been nice. You don't say anything. I Because you'll feel really bad when she's like, oh my God, I just saw it and thought of you and... She's under, no one's under obligation to go tit for tat. That's ridiculous. She, yeah, she didn't say, hey, you know what I want for my birthday? This dress. She just wanted that dress, was going to buy it for herself. You very That's kindly exactly right. got it for That's her. Exactly right. She probably, she and her never had any intention of spending $350 on a friend's 25th birthday gift. Like if you had spent $1,000 or bought her a car, then would she be obligated to do the same? Would she be obligated to go down on you? Listen, <laughs> The fact that you know she makes 10K more than you is also only because you guys are so close. Just pretend she doesn't. Yeah. If you knew that she made as much as you, would the $70 purse be okay? Shouldn't, I mean, it's cool that women are like sharing salaries with each other, but someone making more, like I make a lot more than most of my friends. And so I always try to do a gift around a certain dollar point, but that doesn't mean just, it's not like a noblesse oblige thing. Like just because someone makes a little bit more than you, and that's probably before taxes, you don't know how much her rent is. You don't know what else she's paying for in her life and you don't know what she's saving up for. That doesn't mean that she has to spend more money on things. In fact, most people who make a lot of money don't spend their money on frivolous things. That's yeah. not how you keep your money. So don't say anything, file it away. You did something kind out of the kindness of your heart, but you cannot give gifts expect I always expect nothing back and it will make your life a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think she should say anything about the fact that like, oh, the the threads already coming out or just fully drop it? If the roles were reversed and you gave a gift that you thought was really nice and that you thought, I mean, it's shitty that Zara is just like, sorry, it broke, but that's fast fashion. That's going to make her feel really bad. Yeah. If you're like, it fell apart, you know, she'll be like, okay, what do you want me to do about that? Like that comment, where do you go from that comment? Right. Three months later, she's like, oh, let me give you a makeup birthday gift. If she asks, you can be like, you can just tell her. One thread though is not a big deal and you definitely shouldn't not wear a purse because of that. I have bags that are absolutely filthy. <laughs> um, it all depends on the outcome that you want, but the outcome you will never get is her saying, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Let me go buy you something else. That's never going to happen. Right. Also, it sounds like she teed you up to get her the perfect gift. You're clearly very thoughtful. Maybe she had no idea what you wanted. Maybe you haven't said, oh, I've been eyeing this up. Oh, there I like go. this. It's tough to get people a gift. 
I, I have one friend who kind of is the sweetest woman ever, but kind of always, like, if I pick a bar, that's not good. And I was like, oh, do we have fun? She'll be like, no, it was, uh, there were, nobody talked to me. Or, nope, the dinner was really bad. Like, kind of after the fact is very blunt about being like, yeah, the guy you set me up with was a real dick. <laughs> yeah, you did this. No, it wasn't good. And it, you want to be like, okay, well, sorry, I fucking tried. <laughs> Could you be a little bit more grateful? It's a, it makes you feel shitty. It makes me not want to do anything for her. Right. Because I'm like, I don't care about this fucking Yelp review <laughs> about my service at the end. Right. right. So think about the outcome you want. What you want. Yeah. Okay. I said that. I did it. Try not to repeat myself. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet while introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, and they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable, and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's. And enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Do you find yourself searching for true crime podcasts that are different from what you're always recommended? Do you want to make a real difference in the cases that you're following? Well, you're a crime junkie. And I'm Ashley Flowers the creator and host of the number one true crime podcast, Crime Junkie. There are hundreds of episodes already available, and each Monday we dive into the details of cases spanning from some of the most infamous to those that you have never heard covered before. Listen to Crime Junkie podcast now, wherever you're listening. Hi, Lies and Co., I have had a recent diagnosis of ADHD at the age of 32. Medication has helped my life immensely and my work and relationship are better than ever because of it. A side effect of this medication is that I have lost a fair bit of weight. I've always been on the chubbier side, so this was a welcome side effect. People at work have been commenting that I look great and asking what my secret is to losing weight. One girl in particular is particularly interested and is making notes of what I'm eating to try the same thing. Should I tell them about my diagnosis and medication or Oof. pretend that I'm just being healthier? I want to be honest, but I also don't want them to judge. Hannah, P.S. Your podcast has always been the thing I listen to to go to sleep. Thanks for calming this busy brain. My God, this podcast makes me feel insane when I listen to it. Really? <laughs> I find it so soothing. Soothing? I, my own voice so soothing. This makes you feel insane? I, I just, it's not, like, we get comments sometimes where people like, is, did you accidentally speed up the episode? I'm like, no, this is what it sounds like. Nobody ever stops talking. Both of us are just talking, talking, talking for 60 minutes a week. Because you're used to two improvisers just talking slowly about nothing. That is what I listen not to, to go to Not getting to the sleep. root of it. Yeah. Okay, well, this podcast is not about going to sleep, Hannah. <laughs> this is weird because it's like, not like a HIPAA violation, but it is your medical, personal file. And you may not be comfortable sharing that no matter what it is. This is a pill that you take for a diagnosis that you in no way should be ashamed of. Um, but you may not be comfortable with that. And that's okay. It's weird that she's writing down what you're eating. Because even if you didn't have this diagnosis, you guys are don't have the same metabolism. You don't have the same ethnic makeup. These are huge factors. <sighs> I can't tell you what to do. There's the version where you're like, I have ADHD and the medication I'm on makes me just kind of less hungry. So I just eat less. Because that is the truth. If you want to lose weight, 
you just eat less. And that's what's happening with you. You're eating less because you're on speed. <laughs> I just, yeah, because I don't, I wouldn't necessarily want to tell people what medication I'm on, but I also don't want them sitting there doing exactly what I'm doing and wondering why it's not working for them. But it's none of their business. Like this shouldn't be a workplace conversation in the first place is the real thing. I, I doubt she's following you around, like writing everything down, but it is kind of like this girl code thing. You know, it's like all these women in Hollywood are like, I just started eating right. And it's like, no, you took Ozempic. So it is a little, it's not so much that it's unfair. I don't know if that you know, you owe other women that, but losing weight is like the holy grail of perfection in our society. And so she's like, what did you do? It happened so quickly. And the truth is, you don't have to say you took medication. You could be like, I just started eating less. I, that even is, if she's washing what you're, I mean. It's weird. You need to tell her to back off. Yeah, is there a way to say, you know, I, I, I'm not comfortable sharing. It's tough because maybe you are. No, if you're super comfortable like you're with something. it, I know it does. But it's like you don't maybe need you, to hide it. You can say I have started a new medication that this is a side effect and, just, and makes me less hungry. And by the way, you are not the first person to take Ritalin to like get high and be more productive and lose weight whatever version of Ritalin that is, whatever they do now. So like what you're doing is tale as old as time, but it's about you being comfortable revealing that to a coworker because you don't want to look, want to look like you're on like a performance enhancing drug and you don't want people to look at you so uh, differently. So only you can answer that. But I would just start by being like, I just eat less. So please stop writing down what I'm eating. It's making me uncomfortable. Yeah. Hopefully she hears that. Yeah. It's weird. I bet she's not writing down everything. She's just coming around. And you can say to her, you coming around like once a day to like see what's on my desk is not going to be your secret to weight loss. Mm -hmm. Hey there, Eliza and Emily. I'm a 26-year-old female who just started grad school. Not relevant to my question, but happy to finally fit in with the rest of your grad school listeners. <laughs> I've been close with my friend group for the past year. I moved to my current city during COVID, so I felt so grateful to have this group to explore with, go on weekend trips, etc., about nine months ago, we planned a weekend, oh, six months ago, we planned a weekend ski trip. Since we had additional space in the Airbnb, I asked to bring my boyfriend of three years along, whom the friend group has not spent much time with. Our friend decided at the last minute to drive himself, which meant we had more cars at the Airbnb than what was allowed. He'd been drinking, so he couldn't move the car himself. This group has never dealt with conflict together, so it was a mess trying to communicate, debating the risk of getting a fine or a ticket by keeping all the cars at the Airbnb or just moving the car to a nearby lot. After about an hour of debating, my boyfriend stepped in and helped us get to a resolution. My boyfriend and I were the only ones who were sober and could actually move the cars around. Recently, two of the friends told me that the whole group discussed not having a good impression of my boyfriend after the trip. They thought he was hostile in the way he communicated, and they didn't like the way he tried to take control. Maybe I'm jaded to the way that he communicates, but I felt that he was just being blunt and recognizing that there's no solution that will make everyone happy. We were all getting frustrated, so he might have not had the kindest tone, but at the end of the day, he was the person that solved the problem. Now I feel like I'm in an awkward situation because I don't know how to move forward with the friend group. Do I continue to spend time with them but not invite my boyfriend? Do I bring my boyfriend to hopefully undo the bad impression? Do I ditch the group entirely? Help. There are, first of all, don't bring your friend, don't, first of all, don't bring your boyfriend to a friend hang. That's a very young thing to do. Like you can go 48 hours without your boyfriend, but okay, you brought your boyfriend. You guys say you're the only sober ones. The fact that that guy chose to drive himself last minute, it's annoying because you knew that the lot could only hold one, two cars. Um, there is the version where your boyfriend, to a, especially to drunk people, was hostile. So when you're drunk, like you're you super loose, super sensitive. It does sound like you know it a little bit. If this guy is important to you, I would suggest another friend hang where you can all be equally drunk and get on the same level and to give him a, a second chance to make a second impression because nobody's account is reliable from that. If they were too drunk to move a car, chances are their recollection of their emotional state isn't the most reliable. I am, the fact that you're like, oh, maybe he was hostile. You're even admitting that does give me yeah. like a little pang of like, was he so hostile that you're even admitting way, he was a little hostile? But also like there's hostile and there's hostile. 
there's, hey, we're going to get a fine. And he's like, okay, I will do it. And they're like, no, let's talk about it. He's like, do you guys want to get this done or not? It is not fun to be the sober one with drunk people, especially when you're trying to problem solve. So I suggest you do a reset. Be like, let's all get on the same level. Let's start over. And if that's still the feedback, then they have the right to not want to hang out with this guy. But I bet you can kind of reset it. Yeah. Hello to the lovely AIA fam. I've been listening for a long time, but this is my first time writing in. I'm thrilled to be here. Please give my best. So Snow Peach, Baby Arm, Hot Scotty, Smoky Husky, and Sweet Angel Baby Sierra. Some context. I, 28 female, am the art teacher at an elementary school. This means that I teach every kid in the school and have almost 700 students in total that I see on a weekly basis. I've been at my school for two years and love it. Truly a dream job with great coworkers and great families. I care a lot about how I'm perceived in this professional setting, and I've worked very hard to earn the respect of students and parents. A few of my friendlier parents at my school have added me on Facebook, and I've very cautiously accepted. I don't use Facebook often, and when I do, it's mostly to post pictures of my own family or important life events. I never send friend requests to parents of my students. I always wait for them to reach out first. My school district allows us to be Facebook friends with parents on a selective basis. We are advised to be extremely careful about it. The issue. I have the bad habit of scrolling my phone while I'm trying to go to sleep. And once I get to a certain point, I sometimes start to doze off with my phone screen still on. I've been known to like things on accident because I start to fall asleep while scrolling. The other day, I had a Facebook notification that a person had accepted a friend request from me, but I didn't recall ever sending one to them. When I went to the profile to see who it was, I realized it was a parent for my school. I teach two of her students, kids, and we have mutual Facebook friends, but I've never actually met her. Since I have so many students, I don't have the opportunity to personally meet every parent of every student. Her profile has come up as a suggested friend in my feed, but I truly think I added her by a slip of a finger while I was sleepy, doom scrolling on my phone before bed. I wouldn't have ever sent her a friend request because of my very firm social media boundaries because I've literally never spoken to the woman in my life. She seems very nice and her kids are sweet, but going back and forth about whether or not I should unfriend her. Unfriend. Also, <laughs> you, I, first of all, oh my God, there's so many problems with this. Go on. I also feel like she was probably put in a weird position of feeling obligated to accept this friend request because I'm one of her children's teachers. Do I just stay friends with her and hope that things aren't weird when I finally do meet her someday? Do I unfriend her and pretend this never happened? I know this isn't an earth-shattering life or death scenario, but rules of online decorum are so weird and awkward sometimes. And I'm curious to know your thoughts. Excited to see you later this fall while you're on tour. I'm bringing a few of my teacher friends. We all love you. I love that. Thank you for being a teacher, especially an art teacher. It's tough because there are no hard and fast rules. The internet still is the Wild West. Everybody's feelings get hurt, everything. I my bigger issue is that you doom scroll on Facebook. I know. I've never heard of someone doing that. Also, are you taking like Ambien to fall asleep? Like, are you that? not in control of your fine motor skills as you're falling asleep that you're accidentally liking things, you need to get a grip. You need to doom scroll on the Wall Street Journal or something where it doesn't matter if your fingers touch the page. There's something weird about this. I actually don't even know if I fully believe that that's what it is. And you're saying, I don't remember friend requesting her. Get control of your hands. Let's say this is what it is. Let's say you get so overcome by being exhausted, that your fingers have a mind of their own. It's no problem to just unfriend her, never bring it up again. She will never bring it up to you. You will never meet this woman. And if you do, and if she says something, be like, I accidentally, I didn't know you. I accidentally hit friend request and and I was so embarrassed and you can laugh it off, but I would unfriend, never think about it again and, and get control of your pre-bed activities. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's, I, it is awkward though, because I, the, I get why they don't want you to be friends. Cause you could post, you could be tagged in a photo where you're drinking and then a parent could bring it to the principal. Then they have to deal you with it. You should not be accepting any of these. I, it's tough. You could always, I don't know if Facebook has the mute button. You could always do that. It's also okay if you did send her a friend request and you can always just, <sighs> It, the weirder thing is that you're like, sometimes when I'm falling asleep, my hands hit buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Literally never think about it again. Right. Right. Dear Eliza, Emily, and the many other nicknames associated with the podcast, minus Emily's cats. No offense, Em. There you go. Huh. 
Am I the asshole for turning down being in a friend's wedding after I've already committed? Here it goes for context. I am a male, oh 33, living in Denver. Go Nuggets! <laughs> My friend, whose wedding it is, is a female, 40, also in Denver. Her and I have known each other for about five years, started off as acquaintances who regularly attended this New York Giants fan group in Denver and have grown closer over the years, becoming more involved in said group. Recently, she got engaged to a wonderful guy who I get along with quite well. However, I fear our platonic relationship has grown a bit lopsided. She got engaged in January 2023 and planned on having her wedding in the fall out in New Hampshire, where her fiance is originally from. Now, at the time, me and my girlfriend of three plus years were planning a trip for her birthday in September of 2023. However, we had talked about the wedding possibly interfering because we knew we'd be invited. This past year, the four of us would get together just about weekly during the football season and watch the game at the Giants bar in Denver, which is great, but I rarely ever try to hang out with them outside of this, despite my friend inviting us out quite regularly after the season ended, which I usually declined. They're both nice people. She can just be a bit too passive aggressive at times, and once a week is enough for me for our in-person interactions, especially since throughout the year, her and I would text almost daily regarding preparation for the weekly meetup for the Giants group that I help her run. When she first got engaged, I remember her saying she was going to try to make her wedding as cheap as possible, budget of $5,000, because they both don't exactly have a ton of money, but she still wanted to celebrate her big day. Then, a month or so after her engagement, she asked me to be in her wedding party, but on the groom's side. I politely said yes, because I felt that's the right thing to do, but once we started looking into flights to New Hampshire and getting a rental car because their wedding location is in the middle of nowhere with only a few hotels and motels within 15 minutes of the venue, me and my girlfriend, mostly me, started having second thoughts. Not only did we have to plan my girlfriend's birthday trip to the Dominican Republic around the wedding, but now we're looking at spending an additional 1K to go to a wedding that we may not have attended had I not been in the wedding. To make matters worse, it's currently mid-June and we haven't received a physical invitation. The only wedding party attire I know of are Heather Gray Wrangler jeans with a white dress shirt, no color yet on the vest, and no news on the bachelor bachelorette party. Listen to me. Let her know immediately. (laughs) Immediately. First of all, you don't even want to go. Second of all, it's far away. Third of all, you got better things to do. Fourth of all, you don't even like her that much, okay? This is someone that you tolerate once a week. I don't even care about the rest of the question. Let her know immediately. Be like, hey, when you invited us, I was so touched. And say this to her. Be like, we think you guys are great, um, but we actually just can't afford it. Um, And we wanted to give you the heads up early so that you have time to make other arrangements. Or send it in an email and then just, that's it. Yeah. I will say the girlfriend agrees with you. The girlfriend says... You know, yeah. she needs, you need to figure out right away if you want to cancel or not. Right yes. away. The shitty thing is to wait. Yes. Like, I don't know, you're hemming and hawing and it's not about, you know, you don't want to go. You're just like, how do I say it? You will become the bad guy if you make them wait any further because they're allotting time and they're building this, some of it around your presence. I would just say, you know, if you're going to back out, please understand your relationship with these people is not going to be the same. She's not going to text you every day about your Giants meetup group if you don't even want to attend her wedding. It just is what it is. And you don't have to be mean about it. You can just say like, hey, we actually can't swing it. You know, you send a gift and that's that. Yeah. P.S. That's it. I'm going to share the nice P.S. Been a fan of yours, Eliza, for almost a decade now. Been fortunate to introduce your comedy to a lot of people in my life. Have a picture with you at an old meet and greet with sweet little Blanche that is my favorite. Me and my girlfriend love the Nectarine skit on your Netflix show. If we were to get out of the wedding, we might be able to make it back to Denver for your September 30th show at Ball Arena. Ball Arena. (laughs) That's the best reason to skip the wedding is to come see me at Ball Arena. Be like, I got something better to do than to celebrate your weird gray Wrangler wedding. (laughs) Also, Emily, I'm a big movie buff and I've enjoyed your tasteless podcast as well. Sincerely, Kevin. Kevin's a good man. Kevin, you're a real one. Yes. Uh, That's it. Let them know immediately. And the great part is you don't care if this girl still wants to be your friend or not. She can't really get mad at you. You can't swing it. Right. I know. It's it's a thing of, I didn't go to one of my closest friend's wedding because I was just like, I cannot afford the travel and everything right now. I can't do it. And I regret it, to be honest. I wish I just like ponied up, used a credit card, whatever. But she's such a close friend of mine. She understood. We got together after the wedding and talked about how great it was. I saw the pictures. You know, you do what you have to do. It sounds like this woman doesn't have a ton of friends. If she's asking you and you guys aren't even that close to be in the groom party. Yeah. So whatever. 
Either way, you win. You don't have to go. And if she stops being friends with you, that's okay too. Hey, pod fam. I have a question about dating. Surprise, surprise. I, 29 female, have been single for a decade. Yeah, I know. And have made had many dates and situationships, but it's been a while since I found someone I actually felt a real connection with that had the possibility of a future. I recently met this guy and we've gone out on three dates already, which is a big deal for me as I usually cut it off before then when I don't feel a connection. This guy, 36 male, is pretty much everything I wanted. He's smart, educated, liberal, funny, kind, successful, etc. We also have a really cute origin story as opposed to just meeting on an app. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with meeting people on apps, but meeting people in the wild just makes it feel more special nowadays. That's what I'm talking about, the qualifying. (laughs) Like, I met my husband on an app and I wasn't like, wow, you think you're better than me? Like, you don't have to say, obviously, there's nothing wrong with it. Women, you can just say, it's better than that and just stand by it. Well, so they say, so since it's so rare, I feel like there's additional pressure to make this relationship work in order to keep that story. It's not that special. Okay, go ahead. No. Honestly, my only problem with this is that I am not as attracted to him as I think I should be at only three Mm. dates. I definitely think he is attractive. It's not like I am repulsed by him, LOL, but I just don't have that intense fire to want to jump his bones. We've slept together and the chemistry is good, but not off the charts. I'm concerned I'm being too shallow. I definitely don't want to cut things off just because of that, at least not yet, because everything else really is going great. We have the same interests, life goals, relationship goals. I'm just wondering if it's normal to not feel that intense passion this early on or if it's a bad sign of things to come. Thanks so much. Love you both. T. Um, so this is one of the unfortunate side effects of being a woman is that men need a physical connection. Now, a guy will fuck like a glove with peanut butter in it, but no, you never meet a guy that's like, I'm not attracted to her, but I'll just stick around because she's so kind. Like maybe if they're married or something eventually. But with women, you do hear this like, I don't think he's that cute. And then the mom is like, just give it a minute. He'll grow on you. And so when I say give it a minute, it's more about the fact that women do have the power to become more attracted to someone. If he's ticking every other box, Give it a few more dates because you've already had sex. So like, what's the big deal with having sex again? However, if it's just not there, it's just not there. Uh And you, this will not be the last guy where you're like, wow, he's so great. I just wish I didn't kind of cringe when he was naked. That might be the deal breaker. It is not the end all be all, but it is important that you are not physically uncomfortable. That's it. Either you get there or you don't. You don't want to force it. Um, If you can be with this person and you're so comfortable, you're not unhappy, I would try that. But it's not everything, but it's something. Yeah, it's not shallow to to want more. Like, (laughs) do you, I mean, it may not be like great sex. Like, do you want to hug and kiss this person? Are you drawn to like touch them at all? Don't get into a relationship and decide that you're just not that sexual or touchy-feely, but it really is that you're just not chemically attracted to this person. Yeah. You don't have, you're young enough that you don't have to settle just because somebody ticks enough boxes. By the way, the things that you're describing about him, while great, are pretty common characteristics. Right. And it, you need to let go. This is something women do. Like this fantasy, like we met in person. Yeah, whoever you end up with, your origin story will be special because it's yours. That, you got to let go of that. That's yeah. like having this fantasy about the perfect wedding and then being upset if you don't have it. Who cares if you met in person? Yeah. Like it's cool, but... You don't get like a gold star at the end of the relationship Olympics. No. Hey, Liz and Emily, love you both. I'll get right into it. My husband, 47 male, and I, 41 female, have two sons, 18 and 13. I'm writing today about my 18-year-old. He's a sweet, responsible, college-bound kid with a sweet, responsible girlfriend who will be a senior in high school this fall. They've been dating for about five months and, of course, spend every possible moment together. This is a lot of time because she lives in our neighborhood. Here's the rub. They've started wearing promise rings on their wedding ring fingers. I don't know what to do or think. I feel like they're too young to even be thinking about getting married, and I don't like that they're limiting their options going forward. little context, my son will be going to college in a neighboring town and will live at home the first year. His girlfriend is a great girl, and we really like her. It's not that. They say they don't want to get married until after college and don't want to have kids until they're 30. Also, my son is a huge fan, so I know he'll respect and appreciate your advice. T-I-A-I-A-I-A, Betsy. You can use my name. I told him I was going to write to you. He probably thought I was kidding. So I am very close with someone who 
did the thing where they went to college and they drove back every weekend to see the high school girlfriend. And in hindsight, he's like, I was miserable. I missed out on all of these college experiences. It's not even about sex with other people, but you're giving up those weekends and that bonding time and those, that formative time as a freshman to go hang out with someone who's in high school. I, as his, as his mom, of course, he's not going to listen to you. And he's like, no, I love her. I do believe that it, there's also the version where they're meant to be together and they just are together all through college. Maybe she goes there and that's okay. I wouldn't worry about it because I really do believe these things have a way of working out. I have a relative who went to college and he had a girlfriend in high school and he wanted to stay with her and she broke up with him her senior year. What will happen is either she will be like, I want to have fun my senior year. I don't want to deal with this. He'll get to college and realize how much fucking fun it is to be in a co-ed dorm hanging out with people and not have time for her. And it will just fizzle. I think it will take care of itself. I think the bright side is it's really sweet that he has it in him to want to, to be capable of this type of commitment. He may not be a guy that wants to date a lot of women. Either way, what you don't want is him to be miserable driving back and not enjoying all the things that quite frankly, you and your husband are paying for. So I would just keep an eye on that. But if she wants to drive up, she wants to go hang out with him and his friends, great. But I would encourage him to just come home less. Well, so he's going to be living at home and she lives in his neighborhood. My mistake. That's what's tough. That is tough because, so maybe it's not like the full collegiate experience. I'm thinking of her, maybe you live in like Lawrence, Kansas and the college is right there. I just think he'll get to school and he'll start making friends and the situation will work itself out. And maybe it will take him being unhappy for a year to realize that he made the mistake. And that will form and inform who, who he is. But because she's like, I guess there are worse things. Like, it's not like his girlfriend's 45 and living in your hometown. And it's like, and he's just obsessed with her, you know? So I do think right. it'll work itself out. It's that thing as a mom, you don't want to push too hard because then he'll be like, no way, we're getting married now. Amish style. Right. It seems like I think probably because he's going to college, they were both insecure about it. So they got these rings as a physical way to be like, no, no, we're fine. And in six months, the situation will be totally different. Or it won't. and Or it won't and they get married and then they're college sweethearts. So you'll see. Top of the cop. It's the top of the cop. We're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Okay, so... I'm getting my hair colored and I'm here with Nancy Lee, who has been doing my hair color for over a decade. Has it been she used that to long? Do all my extensions. <sighs> she is the person here in LA. You want to get highlights. You want to get extensions. You want your hair to look normal and fabulous and natural. You go see Nancy. And so I'm going to invite her to do her top and bottom of the cob instead of the fan one. Okay. Nancy, what's your top of the cob? This week, I had an amazing client who took the time to send me a couple of pictures of her hair and tell me how much she appreciated what I did for her. And it just totally made my day. And it helped me realize that we all need to do that more for each other and just let each other know, even just little things that you appreciate your friends, your hairdresser, your barista, whoever you are, anywhere out in public. I think that that's really important. You know, it's hard sometimes and it's nice to have those little appreciations. I'm getting emotional about it. Yeah. What, what happened? Like it was like, Did you, do, was she like, it was really sweet. Was she like losing her hair and you helped her? It's a, yeah. It's an extension client. Oh. Yeah. She, it just made me feel really great. You know, it really did. It was, it was really lovely. That's really yeah. special. Yeah. You really put thought into that. I love that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, my clients are just amazing. So Nancy really does care. Like Nancy has like some older clients. She does their hair for free. Nancy started coming over to my house to do my hair in the pandemic. And we've like kept that tradition going. She's always very tolerant of the amount of liquids I have to have and the amount of pet drama. <laughs> she, she, she knew Blanche. Blanche was always in my salon. So Nancy's one of the, one of the best people I know. That's so sweet. I love that made you feel good. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. And I just appreciate people. Just If you have that little thought in your head, like, oh, that's such a nice person, tell them. I love that. Really great, yeah. Oh. yeah. Our tops are going to okay. blow. <laughs> yeah, my top's going to be awesome. <laughs> my top, when you 
have been up, you get up, you do your stuff that you need to do, and then you look at the time and it's earlier in the day, on a weekend. It's mm. earlier in the day than you thought it was. You're like, oh, I bet it's already like two or three. You're like, no, it's 12. I have so much day to go. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay, I'll do a time one also. My top of the cob is getting home from the road on a Saturday. Because oh. I usually come home on a Sunday and I came back from Hawaii on a Saturday and just knowing like, no, you have Saturday night and you get to wake up Sunday morning versus you get to hurl yourself into LAX at 9 a.m. on Sunday and then try to be a family person. Uh-huh. So I like that little thick padding of a Saturday night hangout so you can ease into the Sunday. That's a luxury I don't always get. Yeah. Bottom of the cob. Okay. That same client was real mean to me later. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I think everybody has this irritation because we were just talking about it. When you're, I'm trying to, I'm not going to go into specifics because it doesn't really matter what it is. When you're trying to work with a business to get something from them and you really- Just give the the specifics. Yeah, it's 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 actually hair replacement pieces. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to help some clients. I have several people that need a little bit more hair on the top. And I found a company on Instagram. Their product looks amazing but I cannot get somebody to talk to me on the phone. They're like, you can just call this number, just send these pictures in here. You can Instagram us, you know, whatever. And I'm not, can I talk to a person? So it took me like begging basically. And they're like, oh yeah, you can actually talk to a person. I said that. I said, can I said, can I talk? Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me crazy. I'm just like, that makes me crazy. You know, I'm just like, I just want help. Can a person talk to me? Can a person, I think you're echoing. (laughs) The issue that we all deal with, which is like layers of administrative bullshit. And you're like, I don't want to talk to a robot. I'm trying to help these people. Please stop DMing me. I don't need a 19-year-old just reading from a playbook. Please treat me like a real client. Trying to help people with no hair. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I'm just trying to help people. And it doesn't even really matter what the product is. It's just trying to get a real person sometimes when you actually need it, when it's something really specific that you're going to need to help somebody. So I that is a bottom of the cob. You're like, I'm trying to give you money. Trying to help your business. Uh, Emily, fat bottom. My bottom of the cob is social media related when you post something and then you remember, and I don't know if anyone else does this, but I I then remember I haven't texted this person's back and they're going to see my post. So now I need to go text them back or they will know that I have been on my phone and ignored their text message. So like... Sometimes I won't post anything because I don't want to reply to someone's text messages. Oh, that's funny. That's definitely like a modern day conundrum. Uh, I mean, you're allowed to post. Like, I didn't see your text. I mean, we all need to like get out of people's phones, like let people live. I know, I know. But I still am just like, oh, I should deal with that before I post. It's funny you say that because I had somebody text me who I never talked to, like not asking me to post, but like sending me something they've done. And they were very nice about it. And I'm like, do you have me on mute? Like, do you not see how busy I am? But why would they think that I couldn't post it? Sometimes I just let those things go. Um, my bottom of the cob is, I don't know if this happens to other people, but sometimes I sit for too long. The tip of my tailbone gets sore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's like a muscle down there. Obviously, it's pulling on another muscle because your bone is a bone. It doesn't have a muscle, but it really is a weird thing to like go for a massage. And I'm like, can you stick your finger like in the top of my butt crack and just push down? Because like even now I'm sitting in like a a hard chair and like, I'm like, do I need more meat on my butt? I think I have like a decently plump butt. Like, why is this hurting my tail? Isn't the butt made for sitting? And on airplanes, it's really hard for me. (laughs) Because what? Get a donut. Get a do- I need a hemorrhoid donut. That, that's, I'm my just dad always trying to like move cushion. around my butt mush. I, there's a cushion cool. in my dad's car. And when I borrow the car, I'm like, this is weird. What are we doing? I don't want to be raised up further. After I had my baby, I had to sit on one of those. So you want to like put no pressure on your vagina. But this is just like, how am I supposed to sit? Like, I feel like my body's not holding up its end of the bargain. Like, that's what your butt's for. <laughs> it is what your butt's fucked for. Up. It's fucked up. Should people follow you on Instagram, Nancy? What's your Instagram yes. handle? N-A-N-C-I-L-E-E hair. Nancy Lee hair. She does a lot of like hair education. You work a lot with Great Lengths, the um, extension company. She gets flown around a lot to do education classes, teach people. So Nancy's 
One of the leaders in the industry. Is it weird that and I was talking cool about hair. Nancy to my hairdresser? I was like, oh, I know this hairdresser. I was like, do you do any like educational stuff? Because I know this hairdresser who does. And my hairdresser's like, okay. She's <laughs> like, I don't know her. This is a different state. Uh, sometimes I have one friend. I've like tried to tell her about Nancy. And she's like, and I don't like it when people call their hairdressers their girl. She's like, no, my girl. And I'm like, <laughs> feels dated. But she's like, no, my girl's amazing. And I'm like, no. My girl's amazing. Your hair looks weird sometimes. <laughs> but I'm just like, so you're not even going to try my... No, I love my girl. And I'm like, okay, well, one day she'll be sick. So <laughs> she won't be able to make it. Anyway. September 7th, I'm in Milwaukee at the Riverside Theater. September 8th, I'm at the Chicago Theater. In New York, just kidding. It's in Chicago. And September 9th, I'm at the DeVos Performing Arts Hall in Grand Rapids. Folks, Get those tickets. I will. I think you probably already got them, and I will see you very soon. And remember, it's not how much hair you have; it's whether you go to Nancy Lee hair. Very good. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza.